Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Luke 5 and verse 17. Thank God for the visitation from on high. Thank God for His power and glory. Thank Him for His manifest presence. Aren't we a thankful people tonight? Praise God Almighty. How we rejoice and how we are glad that He is showing Himself strong within our midst. Manifesting His glory and manifesting His power within our midst. It delights the heart to know that He hears us. To know that He is moving among us. Visiting His people. Searching hearts. Trying reins. We should have reality with God. Amen? We serve a God of reality. We serve a God who performs. We don't want to be satisfied until we receive the thing we ask for. We're never going to be satisfied until we continue to grow and develop in God to such a degree that we have intimacy of fellowship with Him to such a degree that He moves because we ask Him to move. He manifests Himself because we ask Him to. Amen. That's how it should be. Are you dissatisfied tonight? Be dissatisfied in God and tell Him always, I want more. Till I'm filled with your fullness. Well, we have to go and teach along the lines of faith because if we don't, we're going, you know, we'll become unbalanced. Last two services, we've, we've experienced a tremendous move of God as far as the anointing is concerned and the manifest presence of God is concerned. But I'm pointing out this particular scripture as I was led of the Lord because it talks about mixing faith with the power of God. In verse 17. It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Notice the word there, power, is dunamis or miracle working power. The manifest presence and power to heal, to deliver, to set free was right there to heal and deliver those people who were there, who were gathered round about. So the fire of God's presence, the glory of God was there. The power of God was there. The might of God was there. The dunamis of God was there, right there in their midst. But it did not profit them. It did not benefit them. But one individual came along in faith who was born of four. And we see here that because of faith, this man activated the power of God on his behalf and was delivered and set free. And behold, a man brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling in his, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise up and walk. 
but that ye may know that the power that the Son of God hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I send thee arise and take up thy counts and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now notice all these people are here gathered round about. And the power of the Lord was present. You know, you can be right there in the presence of the Lord God Almighty and not have your sins forgiven. You can be right there where God is manifesting His His glory, His power and His might, and not have your body healed or delivered and set free. Thank God we can come into contact with the power of God and the glory of God. But we are looking for results. We believe that our God performs. We believe that He makes His Word good on our behalf. He performs His Word. We believe that whatever it is that we want Him to do by His power will be done. And I see here that the early church believed that God would perform the things that He said He would do. That's why they went to Jesus. They went there in faith. They mixed faith with the power. Mixed faith with the anointing. Mixed faith with the glory of the presence of God Almighty and had a result. And it was the man was delivered after he was forgiven of his sins. And so you see, it's essential that we recognize and understand that unless we learn how to appropriate our faith, to use our faith, to apply, apply faith principles when it comes to releasing the power of God and allowing the power of God to do what the Father would have it to do, we can just be joyful in that and yet not experience the blessing that He wants us to experience. We want to take it a step further. We want it to do what it's intended to do. And in this case, as I said, this man had his sins forgiven him. And this man also had his body healed. And he was a thankful individual, believe me. Well, now, what I want you to do is to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 so we can talk a little bit more about faith and mixing faith with the power of God and how we can, each and every one of us, walk in supernatural faith if we just yield ourselves to the Spirit of God and let Him teach us as to how we can do it. It's not as difficult as uh, we think it is. I know it's profound, and I know it takes diligence, effort, and energy. But you know what? If we're going to spend any kind of energy, we may, may as well do it here, knowing that these things are eternal. Knowing that these things will benefit us not only now in this life in which we live here upon the earth, but also in the life that is to come. And so you see... We want to be diligent to study the Word of God, to learn about faith, to learn how to use our faith, no matter what it takes. Make note of this. We're in this for life. We don't try these things once or twice or for a year or two. We are in this for life. And no matter what it takes to get us turned around in the right direction so that we can begin to walk in the power of the Spirit according to the Word of the living God, we are going to be dedicated to do it. We are going to do it. It doesn't matter what's happening among, among other people. Whatever they want to do with their Christian experience, that's up to them. It's between themselves and God. But, beloved, I have a strong yearning desire in my heart within my life that I want to get over to all of us To achieve the best that God has for us while we are living here upon this earth. I want to represent the Father and Jesus well here upon this earth. 
I want to appropriate the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in every area of my life so that His blood does not fall to the earth in vain. And you should have the same desire also. I have a yearning and a burning desire within my spirit to grow in these things of God, to depart from this natural realm of life and begin to live more so in the heavenlies. He has lifted us up for the purpose of having us to see the heavenlies, the, the, the spiritual realities that are in Christ, so as to make them ours here upon this earth. And you know, you may have tried to receive from God a thousand times. Do not give up. My word of encouragement to you tonight is do not give up. It may appear to you as though your circumstances are not going to change. But you know what? Don't give up. Do not give up. Do not faint in your mind. Do not cave in. Do not lose heart. Do not become discouraged spiritually and lose your spiritual initiative. Rise up on the inside. Allow the Spirit of God to quicken you in spirit. Stir up the gift of God that is within you. Allow the fires of His glory to come upon you and rekindle the flame that's inside you. Rise up into that realm of the Spirit, saint of God. And leave this realm of the, of, of the flesh, the natural realm of the senses. You can do it. All you've got to do is follow the instructional teachings of God's holy written word. You can do it. Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I can live by faith, supernatural faith, by the faith of God. Because the word says I can. That's enough, isn't it? If the Word says we can, then we can. Hallelujah. There should be a holy boldness about us when it comes to these things of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith. Say it with me. We all have the same spirit of faith. Do you see that? We're not different. We all have the same redemption. We all have the same Father God that loves each and every one of us equally. We all have the same Lord Jesus Christ who died for us equally. He loves every one of us equally. He has provided all things for us equally. His blood was shed for all of us equally. He's a faithful witness to all of us equally. Thank God for Jesus. And the Holy Ghost is no respecter of persons. The Holy Ghost will come upon you and fill you up a blaze of flame until you're overflowing with the, with the Spirit of God and the life of God and the fullness of God. There's no difference. It doesn't matter who we are. There's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. As long as you're in Christ Jesus, you're not bond or free. You're one in Christ Jesus, and we're all one in Christ Jesus. We all have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believe. Thank God. Say it with me. I believe. I like this expression. Say, I believe God. Say it again. I believe God. I doubt my doubts. I believe my God. Hallelujah. Boy, that'll put some faith in you, won't it? If we're going to doubt anything, doubt your doubts. Doubt our doubts and let's believe God together. We can believe God together because we all have the same spirit of faith. As according it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us, uh, up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Why do we give this outward man so much attention, my brother and sister? Why is it that we give this outward man so much attention? It's, it's perishing, the Bible says. In other words, it's, it's, it's little by little, little by little, going back to the dust of the earth. It's going to go back to the dust of the earth should Jesus tarry. And we understand that. 
But it's the man on the inside that's renewed day by day. It's the man on the inside that can be set ablaze day by day. It's the man on the inside that can be filled with and full of the life of God day by day. There is no age as far as the spirit man is concerned. It's ageless. Thanks be to God Almighty. Hallelujah. The man on the inside. The man on the inside is bigger than the man on the outside. The man on the, big, on the inside is more powerful than the man on the outside. The man on the inside, you see this? It's so important. It's far, far, far greater than the man on the outside. For it's the man on the inside that contains the life of God. It's the man on the inside that contains the power of God, the love of God, the nature of God, the glory of God. We have this glory in an earthen vessel. The man on the outside is benefited by the man on the inside, the real man. This body only gives us expression upon this earth so that we can live upon this earth and express, you know, God in in this realm of life. That's why it's here, so that we can have contact in this realm of life. But it's the man on the inside that knows God. It's the man on the inside that understands the plan of God, that perceives the things of God. It's the man on the inside that should be given undivided attention. Thanks be to God, we can do it. Because, you see, it's this man on the inside, this spirit of man that's the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The man on the inside has unlimited potential in God. And he says here, this outward man is perishing, this inward man is renewed day by day. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Oh, the life we live upon this earth is, oh, it goes by so quickly. You're here for a moment, and as James says, like a vapor, boom, poof, you're gone. Just for a moment. In other words, the difficulties that we encounter in this life, The things that we're up against in this life are but for a moment. Just for a little while will we have to contend with these things and fight the good fight of faith. But you know what? He goes on and he says, For our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen. Make sure you underline this. Highlight it. Underscore it. See to it that you understand what this scripture is saying. While we are living this life here in the flesh, this is what we are to be diligent in doing. While we look not at the things that are seen. This is the faith walk in a nutshell. It is our ability to keep our focus and attention upon the things that are not seen. And hold them in high esteem. And regard them higher than the things that are seen in this realm of life. Because what is seen in this realm of life was created by that which is is not seen. By faith we know the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things that are seen were not made by things that do appear. We have the ability to look into the realm of the Spirit through the eye of faith and see certain things that do not appear to the natural eye. And focus on those things and get a hold of those things until those things begin to govern our lives. Those things control our lives. The things of the Spirit lead us, direct us, and guide us in this realm of life. It becomes a new language. It becomes a brand new life. A brand new lifestyle. We are living by the language of faith. We are walking in the Spirit. We are living in the Spirit. And by the Spirit of God are we directed into everything willed by the Father God. This is an important scripture to those who desire to live by faith. And beloved, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. God has designed that the just shall live by faith. 
If we are going to experience all the promises of God, if we are going to experience all the realities of who we are in Christ, then we must learn how to live by faith and walk the faith walk and live the faith life. And we must learn how not to look at the things that are seen in this realm of life and allow them to control us. This is what the life of faith is all about. And he goes on and he says, While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Why? Because the things which are seen are temporal or subject to change, but the things which are not seen, those things are eternal. They are forever and ever and ever. Ever. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with the hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so, that be, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. This body of ours is a burden. This body of ours hems us in. This body of ours limits us. It limits what we can do in God. It tries to keep us hemmed. In. It tries to keep us bound up. It is a burdensome body that we possess. But one day when Jesus splits the clouds of glory and He comes for the saints of God, this body is going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. It's going to line up with the man on the inside. It's going to be like unto His body. Thank God for that glorious day that we're going to have the completed part of our redemption. Can you say amen to that? Thank God for that. That's the day that we, are, we have a, a hope to look forward to and we thank Him for that. But while we're in this burdensome body of ours, He says this is the key to mastering it all. While we're in this burdensome body of ours, we're not to look at the things that are seen. We're not to allow those things to dictate to our lives. No. We're to recognize there's a man on the inside who wants to have liberty and freedom. To control the things that we do in this realm of life. Oh, would to God that we would all lift up our heads. Would to God that we would all lift up our eyes. And say we're tired of walking down here in this lower plateau of spiritual experience. And say I'm setting my sights high. I want, to, I want to walk with God as Enoch walked with God. I want to walk with Him on a day-by-day -day basis. You see, the Bible says, by faith Enoch was translated. On a day-by-day -day basis, he kept on looking at God. He kept on walking with God. For he walked by faith and not by sight. He kept looking at the things of God. And those things were so dear to him that God looked down upon him and he was pleased with his walk. Oh, there can be no greater testimony, my beloved brother and sister, than a man... For a man to ha then to have God our Father say, Your walk pleases me, my child. Your walk pleases me, my son and my daughter. I am well pleased. As he, looked out, as he looked down from heaven upon the circle of the earth, and he saw Jesus, his son, here upon this earth, and he said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's nothing greater than that than to have him look down upon our life. Our lives. And have them say, I'm well pleased with your walk of faith. I am well pleased with the life that you're living here upon this earth. For you're seeking after the things that pertain to the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And I'm well pleased. And so all these other things are given and added unto you and your life. Lift up our eyes, beloved. Let's rise up to the place and meet the challenge. We're only in this body for a short time. But for a moment, the Bible says. But thanks be to God. We don't have to be governed by it. 
We don't have to be controlled by it. We don't have to be defeated by it. We can dedicate and consecrate these bodies of ours and, and our faculty members unto Him so that we can have Him manifested through our lives. We can become that channel of His power, that channel of His glory, that channel of His wisdom and of His love and of His grace to reach out to a lost and needy world. We can become that because our eyes are not upon the limitations of our physical man. Our eyes are upon the unlimited abilities that we have in the spirit realm. That's what the walk of faith is all about. And that's what God is trying to get across to the church by His Spirit. The, the, the church in the early days of existence walked in the Spirit and lived in a higher realm of spiritual experience. They walked a higher walk with the Lord in the realm of the Spirit. They lived in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. They had high expectations. They believed that God was a God of performance. They believed He would do the things He said He would do. They believed that at, at their prayer request. He had to show himself. He had to demonstrate himself. And that's why Paul and Silas by faith cried out to God and then prayed. And I believe they prayed the prayer of faith. And as they prayed the prayer of faith, then they believed God that they had received. They began to praise God for what they had received. You see, that's all faith is. Just doing what God said do. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, what do you desire from God? Believe you receive it and you shall have it. And I believe what they did was said, Father, we need delivered. We need delivered and set free. There's a lot we've got to do for you. We We've got to be delivered and set free. They want to kill us in the morning. And so, Father, we believe we receive our deliverance. We believe we receive our deliverance. What do you desire when you pray? Deliverance. Well, if you want deliverance, believe you receive deliverance and you shall have deliverance. And so they wanted deliverance. They believed they received deliverance and they had deliverance. They lifted up their voice to God in praise and thanksgiving for the deliverance. And all of a sudden, what happened? There was the glory of God, the power of God. See, there's the power of God manifested there. It's there all the time. But by faith, they tapped into it. By faith, they released it. They weren't looking at their backs bleeding. They weren't looking at the natural part of it. They weren't allowing those things to govern their actions and their emotions. They allowed the joy of the Lord to become the strength of their lives. And they knew about operating in this realm of supernatural faith to such a degree that they could believe that when they called upon His name, He would be there to be the delivering God He said He would be for them in their lives. Oh, would to God that we would all go back to that type of faith in God. Would to God that we would all desire to live that kind of a life before God. When you open up your mouth and you voice your prayer to God, you know that He hears you and you know you have the petition you desired of Him because He is your strength. He is your source of supply. He is the one you trust in. He is the one you count on. You turn to Him not last but first in your time of need and you know that He hears you and you know that He answers you and you know that He performs the word that He has spoken in your life. That's the kind of faith He wants us to have as we live upon this earth. And it goes on to say, for we that are in this tabernacle, in verse 4, we do groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, uh, that mortality might be swallowed up of light. Oh, that the life of God that is within would make its way oozing out through our souls into our physical bodies, leading us, guiding us, and directing us. This very life of God, benefiting our physical man. Not he that hath wrought, uh, hath wrought us, for the same thing is God who also hath given to us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by supernatural faith. We walk by what we believe that God said and not by what our natural senses dictate to us. 
We are not going to be governed by our natural senses, is what he was saying. We refuse to be governed by our five physical senses. We refuse to be controlled by natural human knowledge. As true as it may be, and it is true, and we don't deny that, he says we have a higher type of knowledge that enables us to have a higher type of faith. It is the knowledge of God. It is knowledge that cannot be obtained by the five physical senses. It is the knowledge of God that is revealed to us by the Spirit in the Word. And as the Spirit of God reveals to us the knowledge of God, we then have the, the, a foundation for a higher type of faith, which is called supernatural faith and not natural faith. And he says, that is what we are to walk by. And that's what he's trying to imply here in all the writing here. We have the glory of God locked up in us. We have the power of God in us. We have the same potential, the same spirit of faith. We can, by faith, walk with God as Enoch walked until Enoch was not. Our faith can carry us throughout all the days of our life so that Psalms 92 can be fulfilled in our lives. Beloved, it's high time that we make a decision, a willful decision, an intelligent decision, a spiritual decision, a the quality decision to begin walking by supernatural faith in a supernatural God and to stop walking by natural human faith that hems us in and, and, and prevents us from experiencing the fullness of the blessings of God. And that includes all of us. And not just this group right here. It's the whole body of Christ. I believe that if... If the Father God had it His way, He'd be, through His minister, speaking the same thing all across the land today. Because, you see, His power is present. The glory is here. It's here right now. I'll tell you, it's here right now. But, you see, we activate it by faith. And we appropriate it through faith. And we channel it through faith. It is the work of faith with power. And we have to understand that so that we do not become unbalanced. Natural faith is based on physical realities. Natural faith is based on natural truth. And I illustrated that the other day by saying that if these walls that are blue to our five physical senses were said to be green by God, then as far as we're concerned, walking by supernatural faith is just to say those walls are green according to the word of the Lord. Not according to my five physical senses. I didn't say according to my five physical senses. Those walls are green according to the word of the Lord. And you can take that same thing and put it in every area of life. If my checkbook says five cents, my needs are met according to the word of the Lord. I stop living by what my natural senses tell me, and I begin living by what the, thus saith the Lord, by what the word of God says. That's the difference between the two types of faith. Natural human faith is based on natural human knowledge. But supernatural faith is based on supernatural revelation knowledge, based on spiritual realities that are revealed to us through the Word of the living God. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to totally disregard or we should totally disregard natural human faith. If you read a sign and that sign says, Danger, fatal if swallowed, how many of you would like to say, I don't believe that, I'm going to try it and see? Would you do that? So you walk on by natural human faith. Have you tried it to see? No, you didn't try it to see. If you tried it and you saw, you wouldn't see anymore. Would you? Well, if we can believe a label, how much more should we be able to believe this word? I said if we can believe a label, do you, do you realize that, that that label controlled you? It, it, it did something to you? That controlled your life? 
it dominated you or dictated to you as to what you would do, you certainly wouldn't drink it. But I'll tell you what, if that bottle or that whatever it is, a jar or whatever, a bottle or whatever it is, and someone switched it, it had chocolate milk in it, and someone emptied it and put something else in it that was poisonous, you might drink it then. Because, you see, you didn't have any word to tell you what was wrong with it. As a matter of fact, the words were okay. Natural human faith is real, beloved. And you know what? Someone could read a label that says chocolate milk and it had poison in it and just drink it and die. You see how much we are governed by our five physical senses? The signs that we read in everyday life dictate to us, tell us what we are going to do and we are obedient to do those things. We have an unconscious faith in these things. Well, beloved, supernatural faith is merely this. If God said these walls are green, then these walls are green. I stop living by my five physical senses. I make that quality decision. And I say, with God, these walls are green. If God says, I supply all your need according to my riches and glory, then I say, I stop living by my five physical senses. And I begin living by what the Word of the Lord says. That's not too hard to do, is it? If you think it through, that's not too hard to do. Abraham and Sarah were told of the Lord, you will have a baby. They laughed about it at first. But we find out that once they got serious with God, the time came that they had to make a decision to stop walking by natural human faith, by what their body said, by what their mind said, and start saying the thing that God said. Supernatural faith is receiving knowledge from God through His Word or by His Spirit. And once that knowledge is received, all we do is make a quality decision. No longer going to walk by what my five senses are telling me when it comes to this particular situation. Sarah, you are the mother of nations, the mother of many. And Abraham, you are the father of nations. That's what I said. I have made you. And so they agree with that and they continue to say that in harmony with God. Then God moves by His Spirit. The power of God flows. The anointing of God flows. The healing power of God works. And a miracle takes place inside Sarah's body. And she is like a young person inside herself. And she's able to conceive and have a child. That's how faith works. That's walking in supernatural faith. I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 27. And I want to illustrate... Again, what it means to walk by supernatural faith by using what happened to the Apostle Paul when he was facing shipwreck and a certain loss of life with others as they set sail for Rome. Beloved, the time has come that we must bring together now the work of faith with power. We must be diligent when it comes to understanding these principles of faith. 
We must be sincere and have a depth of consecration when it comes to understanding how to flow with the anointing of the Spirit of the living God. Why? Because man is never going to be able to meet all the needs that mankind faces in everyday life. Mankind is always going to fall short when it comes to helping us live an overcoming life. Overcoming sickness, overcoming disease, overcoming mental oppression, depression, and all these different things. Man is never going to be able to find a cure-all for all these things. We have to understand that if we are going to operate in the things of God so that God our Father, who has already provided a cure-all for all these things can cause these things to become a reality in our life, we are going to have to be sold out, dedicated, consecrated to studying God's Word and finding out how to appropriate these principles of faith and truth. It's essential that we learn how to do it. These people believed back in those days that what God said, He had to do. That what God spoke, He had to make good. We said that Mary, the mother of our Lord, was told before she conceived that certain things were going to happen. And her response to the angel Gabriel was, be it to me according to the word of God. Although my senses dictate something different, although my mind, human reasoning in my mind tells me something else, what God says is, and that's what I choose to live by, so let it be done to me according to the word, regardless if my senses tell me something otherwise. And then she went on to say that there will be a performance of the things that were spoken to me. She believed that what God said, He had to perform. Or He had to make good in this realm of life in which we live. The same angel Gabriel went to Zechariah and said to him that his wife Elizabeth would also conceive and have a child. And he disbelieved. He did not believe. He could not see beyond his five physical senses to believe that what the angel was saying was true. He believed more in his five physical senses than he did in the word of the Lord. And so, you see, he was hemmed in, governed by, dictated to, ruled and controlled by his five physical senses. He could not see beyond that realm of natural faith. But the angel said, Thou shalt be dumb for a season until these things that were spoken are performed. Those things must come to pass in this realm of life in which you live, and they will be performed made good, or God will do it. Again, Abraham believed that what God said, he was able also to perform or to make good, or to cause it to come into reality in this realm of life in which we live. Numbers 23, 19 says, God's not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll make it good. The word make is the same word in the Hebrew That's found in Jeremiah 1.12 that says God watches over His Word to perform it, to make it good, to bring it into reality in this realm of life in which we live. Beloved, all things that exist were made by the Word of God's power. All things that exist are, are upheld by the Word of God's power. The Word brought forth everything that is in this realm of life in which we live. And the Word is still designed to do the same thing now in this hour in which we live. It is the Word that we've got to get a hold of because it is the Word that God watches over to perform. 
And if we're not headstrong when it comes to getting into the Word, to get the Word into us, to send the Word back to the Father, it won't return void. It'll accomplish the purpose of the will of God. His words are full of power. His words are full of light. And when you mix faith in the Word, the anointing of God, the Spirit of God, that tangible substance of power of the living God is present right there to cooperate with the Word of God to cause a miracle to take place in the realm of life in which we live. We are not to give up on our fight of faith. We are not to be satisfied with anything less than the performance of the thing that God has spoken or the thing that God has said. Now, the Apostle Paul here, as you know, in Acts chapter 27 was on his way to Rome. He set sail. He told the people not to go, but they refused to to listen to what he had said. They were relying upon their abilities to judge the weather conditions. And they felt within themselves, according to their reasoning faculties, that it was okay to set sail. But the Apostle Paul had something inside him called spiritual perception that you cannot see with the naked eye. Something on the inside. And he said, we should not go. There's number one, their first mistake that they made. Again, they were going by their five physical senses and not going by their spiritual, the spiritual perception that Paul had inside his heart. How many times have we gotten, got on board on a ship facing shipwreck, disaster, and all kinds of problems out there in life because we failed to walk by our spiritual perception and walk by our five physical senses, making wrong decisions. Allowing our five physical senses to dictate our movement, to dictate what we should do, what we should not do. And so we set sail, just like they set sail, and before you know it, you have all kinds of problems and difficulties that you're encountering in life. Well, thank God He doesn't give up on us and and, and stop short. Thank God that He has mercy upon us and still deals with us. In verse 21, but after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Well, how do you know that, Paul? For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Say it with me, I believe God. Say it again, I believe God. Now notice this. They're on board that ship. There is a tremendous storm. People died in situations like that not too long before this. Their five physical senses were telling them doom, death, destruction, tragedy. Will I ever see my loved one again? They were being bombarded with all these thoughts. Even though they were well equipped. Even though they had the skills that they needed, they still didn't have what it would take to stop the storm. They were going to die. They were facing certain death and they were afraid for their lives. But the Apostle Paul had a visitation from on high. And notice the angel gave him the word of the Lord. He said, be of good cheer. Oh, that lines up with their five physical senses, doesn't it? Be of good cheer in the face of death. Be of good cheer. In the faith, everything. There's so many things that God tells us, my beloved brother and sister in the Lord. Every, many things, if not almost everything in the Word of God that He tells us contradicts what our five physical senses tell us. This is the life of faith, though. Man, the doctor told us this, and, and the finan- our, our financial report tells us that. 
and, and all these other things tell us this, that, and the other thing. But you know what? What did God say about the situation? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, sirs. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. But can't you see, man? Can't you see? Look what's going on out here. What are you talking about? An angel stood by you and said all these things. I believe God, sirs. I believe God. I may seem like a fool before all of you. I may seem as though that I'm out of my mind before all of you. But, sirs, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. We should hear that expression over and over and over again till we begin to say in the face of all adversity and circumstances of life that dictate to us tragedy and destruction and say, Sirs, I believe God. Sirs, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Do you see why people fall short? Because they don't know what God said. Read it there, what it says. Be of good cheer. There shall not be any loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me, verse 23, This night the angel of God, whose I am, whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be. In other words, there will be a performance. God will make it good. It will happen in this realm of life in which we live. It will be performed. God will bring forth the performance of what He has spoken or what He said. I believe God, sirs, that it shall be even as it was spoken unto me. Or as it was told me, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. Now let's stop right there just for a moment. That should be inspiring to our faith, shouldn't it? How many times have we been out there on a ship when the storm arises like that and you know that they're facing certain death? Have we been there? Literally, no. Maybe we've been there in other areas of our lives, but not literally. Beloved, if that man can stand there in the face of all that opposition in the face of all that adversity, and if he could stand there and say, I believe God, it will be in my life according as it was told to me. Just the way God said it is just the way it shall be. How much more should we be able to look to the Word of God in the circumstances of life that we face and say, I refuse to be moved by what my five physical senses tell me. Sirs, I choose to believe God. It will be as it was spoken to me. It will be as it was told to me. I believe God. As you go on reading the story, you find after the 14th night was come, they were driven up and down. Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that, the, that they drew near to some country. And they sounded, found that it was 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. And then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out, out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion, to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. 
Now, I want you to notice this, how everything has shifted. They, could, they wouldn't believe Paul at the beginning. But now, they're being swayed by his thinking. He's not being led by his five physical senses. Because what he is saying contradicts what they should be doing. They were skilled. They knew what to do. They were making preparation to get out there and spare their lives and save their lives by their own powers, by their own abilities. They were not going to be destroyed when the boat hit the rocks and be tore apart. They were not going to have that to happen to them. They knew exactly what they should have been doing. But Paul now tells these unregenerate people, Look, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. You can't be governed by your senses. You can't do things in this situation the way you should do them according to your knowledge and understanding. You're going to have to listen to me now. If you want to remain alive, you're going to have to listen to what God said and do it the way God said. You didn't do it from the beginning. Now do it now and your life will be spared. And the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. How can he make such a statement? He's not going by natural human knowledge. He's not moved by his five physical senses. God told him, I'm giving all of them to you. Just tell them to stay in the boat and listen to my instruction. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. Here is a man with great confidence in God. Here is a man who believed that God had to perform what he had spoken, what he had said. Here is a man that knew that if God said it, you can bank on it. You can be assured that it will come to pass even as God has spoken and said. And in the face of all the contradictory circumstances, he still stands there strong saying, just do what God said, do, and it will come to pass. It didn't happen instantaneously, beloved. The sea was not calm just like that. And situations in our lives are not taken care of always instantaneously. But right there in the midst of the storm, He wants us to be of good cheer. Right there in the midst of the storm, He wants us to have total confidence in what He has spoken and what He has said. Make, make this a golden nugget. Don't be caught out there on the boat in the midst of a storm not knowing what God said. Amen. Don't be caught out there in the midst of a storm on a boat not knowing what God said. Because if you don't know what God said, you have no foundation for your faith. But if you know what God said, and the storms of life come to us all. But if we know what God said about it, supernatural faith shift gears. It lifts us up above the realm of our natural senses. It sets us up on high in that spiritual plateau where our eyes are looking on the things that are not seen. And that's what Paul was doing for that length of time. I'm looking at what is not seen. There is an unseen force. There is an unseen power. Un unseen ability, unseen strength. And if I look at it long enough, steadfastly, I know it will change the circumstances of my life in the natural realm in which I live. And that's what he was saying. These things are subject to change. You'll not lose one hair from off your head if you'll just listen to what thus saith the Lord.
He took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had taken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer. Well, I'd like to know how. Then were they all of good cheer. He's doing a pretty good job, isn't he? And they took, and they also took some meat. And we were in all in the ship, two hundred, three score, and sixteen souls. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, cast out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with the shore into the which they were minded, if it were possible to thrust in the ship. When they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves into the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoised up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the forepart struck fast and remained immovable and the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they, should, that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on board, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. I don't know about you. I wouldn't want to experience that. Would you? But, beloved, do you see how faith works? We have to have the ability to look beyond the circumstances of natural faith. We must have the ability to look beyond what our five physical senses dictate to us and maintain our focus on the realm of the Spirit. We must be able to see through the eye of faith God at work in the midst of the storm to such a degree it actually changes our countenance. They went from fear to cheer. From being full of fear to being of good cheer. Along with the Apostle Paul because of a word spoken by God. Be of good cheer. You're not going to lose one, Paul. You'll be safe. Beloved, do we believe that our God performs today as He performed back then? Do we believe that He watches over His Word to perform it, to make it good when we act upon the Word as He did back then? Do we? Do we believe there must be a performance of the things of God, the things that He has spoken, like they believed back then? Then, beloved, that is what faith is all about. Believing God. That although my senses tell me one thing, my God has told me another. And I choose now, today, this day, this night, this hour, this moment, to stop walking by what my five physical senses tell me regarding this situation or that. And I choose right now. I make this decision of my will to walk by supernatural faith. 
to determine what God has spoken or what God has said about the situation. And along with Abraham and Sarah, I say, I am fully persuaded that what God said, He is able also to make good on my behalf. Along with the Apostle Paul, we say, Sirs, I believe God. Ladies, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. I believe God. And beloved, if it means we have to stand here for a month calling those walls green, if God said they were green, you can rest assured that if we call them green, acting on His Word, they'd be green. God's Word does not fail. While we look not at the things seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal. I remember first hearing this message and first stepping out in it. My brother and I were, and our families were together visiting, and one of his children was attacked with a high fever. And we went in there and we said, We're going to use our faith and believe God. We laid our hands upon that child's brow and prayed the prayer of faith, agreeing together that he was touched by the power of the living God. We went into the kitchen and sat down in conversation, beginning to sweat, not knowing what to do. We believed God. We knew that He was working and that He was moving. But our five physical senses were rising up against us saying, that you're not doing what you should be doing as adults. You're not doing what you should be doing as a parent. Look at your child lying there burning up in fever, with fever and you're not providing any medication or anything that is necessary to help that child to combat that fever. And the words were just like darts or arrows, piercing. And you become antsy. You don't know what to do. Just stepping out in these things, just beginning to act upon the Word of God. The enemy knows that if he can get a young Christian, and if he can get them distracted from the Word of God through trials and situations such as t- these kinds of things, sicknesses or diseases attacking the body, he can prevent that person from growing up to be a strong person of faith in God and prevent him from doing damage to his kingdom. And so very often that's exactly what he will do. Attack a young child's life. If he can't get you directly, he'll attack your child to try to get a hold of that child to destroy your faith. But beloved, the point was, there we were. We didn't know what to do. We wanted to make every excuse under the sun to walk back in there in that room and and touch that child to find out whether or not the fever left. And so finally, we looked at each other and one just said, well, you you know, we better go check and see if if the pacifier fell out of the baby's mouth. And would go back in there and, of course, I mean, you know, with all kind of wisdom, pick up that pacifier real nice and gentle-like and slip it back in the baby's mouth while one part of your hand touches the forehead of the child. What I'm saying is I realize that operating in the laws of God and the faith of God is foreign to our natural thinking and our natural minds. It goes against the things that we've been taught. It goes against the things that we know that we should do. 
It's almost as though that we are not doing anything for that child to help that child to be better. And fear enters in. And all these different things enter in. And you're like the rod on that ship, being tossed to and fro in your thinking, in your mind. And you don't know what to do. Beloved, don't be discouraged. Go right on back to the Word of God. And that's exactly what we did. And yes, we did go in there. And we did feel. And the fever did not immediately go. But you know what? From that time to this, praise God, I have seen fevers leave my children's body. I spoke to one that was the palm Jason, and I told it to go. And like a bird, it flew right off of the top of his head. You start out in these things like anybody else on the bottom rung. And you start believing God with all that you have. And don't be guilty before God or have condemnation. Because you did something in a natural realm. You gave that child something or whatever. Don't feel guilt by that. But you know what? Keep on believing God. Keep on in the Word of God. Keep on building your confidence. Keep on building your faith. And get to the place to the point that you don't have to put that inside that child. Because you know that when you lay your hand upon that child, it will be as God has said. It will be as God has spoken. It has to be because God cannot lie. And what He says is, what He speaks, He does. He performs. He makes it good. You're faith will grow by leaps and by bounds with every situation you encounter, with every difficulty you face in life. It's just another, uh, another something for you to feed upon in your life. Like Joshua said, it's bread for us to feed upon. This is nourishing me. Hallelujah. And there's another time I recall when the same thing tried to happen, instead of becoming frantic and fearful and, and upset about it, instead of getting nervous and all that about it, I just said I count it all joy and a privilege to show and demonstrate to this world in which I live, to all the demons of hell and all the heavenly hosts, that my God's Word is true. I count it a privilege. I count it a joy. And I laid my hands on that child and deliverance came. It, was for, it, was just, it just came by the power of God. And we began to see that if we'll just take to heart what God spoke, what God said, beloved, and believe that God must perform it, you'll see, you'll see marvelous, miraculous occurrences take place in your life. But just, and your faith will grow by leaps and bounds. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.